Right, thank you very much for joining us again. This is a, what we used to call specials, but they're no longer. They're just part of the episodic series because there's just the two of us. But they are special. Well, they're special because we're focusing on one band. Yeah. They're all special, though, in their own way. I was going to say, you look like you were going to say some <laughs> other reason than I was. I just thought one band, you know? No, no, I was just picking up the podcast. We've done a few of these already. We've done Machine Head, Cradle. Cradle. Was that it? I know we've done, we've probably Machine done more. Head, Cradle. Did we do Pantera? Pantera, Pantera was number three because we did that after Dime, uh, not yeah, Dimebag, yeah. Um, Vinny. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we talked, we talked many times while doing them that we would get to this band eventually, but because we know them so well and because they're the big ones and stuff like that we never really we always said it would maybe be the last resort we've decided to do it now because um they recently announced uh their part two of their worldwide tour stadium tours in the uk and all that and we're going to be talking about metallica fair enough you probably heard that go white fucking listening sorry about that but yeah. they are one of the biggest bands if you listen to the last podcast and you've tuned in ready for the ed sheeran game of thrones oh sorry about that breakdown yeah sorry about that yeah well um, actually no fuck it his, his cameo in Game of Thrones did suck. That was weird as fuck. Yeah, it was. I remember seeing him and thinking like, same? Well, I heard about it beforehand and I was fine. I was like, oh, is he just going to be there? And he started singing. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that sucks, man. That's <laughs> that's Game of Thrones creators going, we're big, we're getting big now. We can do this and people want mine. It's like, yeah, it fucking does. I do mind. I do mind. <laughs> yeah, but to be fair, there are a ton of bands that are cameo in yeah. other shows, like uh, Mastodon. Did Game of Thrones as well? Uh, they were Game of Thrones. Yeah, they they were um, some of the. Wildlings, they, they? Uh, they were ones that got turned into White, White Walkers because yeah. you see them when it pans across. I think oh, you see. Um, I'm not a Sheeran fan, but you know if Mastodon can do it. Well, they they didn't, didn't sing. No, they, well, that's because it was dead, wasn't they? Oh, that would have been a, that would have been a different <laughs> kind of fucking scene, wouldn't might it? Been, it might have been hot. That would have been cool. <laughs> But yes, yeah, so we are talking about Metallica, one of the greatest rock metal bands in the entire world. Um, yeah. One that divides opinion still to this day for random yeah. reasons, it seems. Um, and the big news at the moment, because they're obviously remastering Justice for All, which has got a lot of people excited because they're like, oh, we're going to get to hit a bass. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm like, but well, that's going to make that album sound different. It's a strange one, this, isn't it? Because I guess you have to have an ear for it. Because I remember the first time I listened to Justice for All, I was like... Because you get that kind of like constant rumbling throughout the whole album. Yeah. I thought that was the bass. I never even knew until I read. Like, yeah. I, I wasn't big on that. Yeah, I was never, yeah. I, I was just like, you know, listen to a song as a whole and I just assumed that that constant kind of bassy sound was the bass. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, anyway. Yeah, I mean, it looks like they're working their way through because they've um, remastered all the previous ones, haven't they? One yep. at a time, they're up to my just for all now. I'm not sure if they'll go any further than this or not because um, you can't really uh, polish up. Black, black album pretty much, polished much more, is, yeah it? it's already pretty it polished does, it doesn't really sound dated either that's the thing it sounds still sounds relatively modern and then yeah then you hit start in load and reload and you were like there's no need that was late uh, 90s there's no real need for that so let's start off with a really easy easy question for brendan oh he'll be able to answer this one in an instant tell me your favorite metallica album <laughs> oh that's not an easy question that's why no, i was joking that's a really tough question because like any any good metal fan <laughs> who likes a band a lot I've had a different favourite album at different points in my life. Yep. Um, I won't lie. I am not a I hate Metallica after X era. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every one of my favourite albums has been one of the first four. Yep. There hasn't been a point where any of the other albums have been one of my favourite albums. That's agreed. The Whether I like them agreed. Not, I do like a lot of them and lots of parts of them. It's always been one of the first four. If you had to choose, yeah, uh, I'm probably going to go Master of Puppets. 
it's not an easy one though, genuinely, because like even saying that, I feel dirty to ride the lightning, mm. and then I feel a little bit like, yeah, but Injustice is fucking awesome, and I do remember like a year or two in my life where Kill 'Em All was all that all that mattered. All that mattered, yeah. Do you know what I mean, that was it. But um, overall, because I loved all four of them albums so much, I have to break it down to what I think is the most complete, the best complete, album, yeah, and that is Master of Puppets. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I 100% agree. It's exactly the same for me. Um, and it's between those two as well. It's always been between uh, particularly Master of Puppets and Ride the Lightning. Uh, there's a reason why I always follow Master of Puppets and always tell people it's because there's one particular song on Ride the Lightning that I'm not that big of a fan of. Yeah. Whereas Master of Puppets is, to me, beginning to end. Yeah. It's golden, you know? But I also lean, like, they're, they're the two, but, like, of those first four, because, again, you know, I'm nodding along as Brendan was talking. It's the same for me. You know, I don't look, uh, you know, I, I, I don't, it always comes from those first four albums. Always comes to those first albums. I am. Um, I never liked Kill 'Em All for a long, long time until yep. I got older, and then I appreciated a lot more about it. Yeah. But I always loved Injustice for All. Yeah. So did I. Always. I've never had a bad feeling for Injustice for All. I've always thought it fantastic. I do remember a point in my life where I thought, um, where I preferred, like, you know, if you're splitting it down the middle, I preferred the front half to the back half. Okay. I do yeah. Remember that point period of my life where I loved Black and uh, Blackened. Injustice uh, itself. Injustice uh, one. one. Yep. You know, and I would maybe play that kind of block on the loop. Yeah. More so than hitting the back end. Yeah. But then, you know, I guess once I got out of that kind of phase. Phase. Because I think once you listen... So, I came into Metallica probably around the Black Album. Well, yeah, that would be my next question. Where do you remember starting? Yeah, and I, I, I think it's the Black Album. Yeah. Uh, but not off my own back, uh, off hearing it being played by other people. Yeah. And then it was actually probably the first album I ever stole can't say bought because I didn't buy it. I stole it from a library. You stole it from a library? Yeah. That is some fucking underhanded shit. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Woolwich Library? Yeah. That library still exists? Yeah. You probably, I've probably still got a record going there, like <laughs> 20 years uh, worth of um, non-return charges. But yeah, so I started, yeah. And um, and, and with very, very, it's one of those bands you're very lucky with because then you're like, oh, I love this. Yeah. You know, and this is great. And I, I love a lot of the Black Album, but then you work backwards and you're like, oh shit. What's happening here? But when I hit Unjustice for All the first time, I'm going to listen to... I'll probably listen to the album all the way through. Yeah. But I know instantly I'm going back to the song Unjustice for All and the song One because that is my taste straight away there. The melody followed by the heavy. Oh, yes. You know, all that sort of stuff. Uh, the stories behind the songs. So I know I'm going to be hitting straight back to them songs. Yeah. And that's probably why it took me a while to get to like the Harvester of Sorrows and, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, because it came later you on, know, yeah, yeah. It was just like, I'm hooked on them couple of songs. Yeah, because you were younger as well. You weren't, you weren't like, trying to analyse all albums. You were finding shit you liked, and it was yeah, like, and I like that. Yeah. yeah. And especially, though, in the early days when you're getting into metal, it's so much easier than it is these days because there was so much to look, to find. Yeah. You know, once you're like, oh, I know all Metallica's back catalogue and Megadeth and Slayers and all that, what you, you're looking for new bands constantly. And there are periods where you go, like, there's nothing new coming out. Whereas mm. when you first get into metal, there's this whole ocean of fucking classic metal oh, so that you've never yeah. heard before. You know, and it's like fucking brilliant. But yeah, I, 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 the, I remember I, I did work completely backwards. Yep. Did I? No, I didn't. I went, I'm just a fraud, and then I went to Kill 'em All. And just like you were saying, I remember the first time I listened to Kill 'em All, it was so different to Injustice for All oh, yeah. that I wasn't straight into it straight away. However, I liked a few bits of it. And then I bought the rest of the albums as well. And then obviously, you know, it's easy after that. And it Ride the Lightning, Master of Puppets. Started getting it a bit more. Go back to Kill Em All. Completely understand it now. And then, like, became obsessed with Kill Em All. Absolutely obsessed. In particular, The Four Horsemen. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, like, that song. Like, oh. I mean, I love. I still listen to it a lot today. I still do. And this is why Metallica are one of the biggest bands in the world. Because 
uh, and greatest because it's that longevity. I mean, that's 1983. That puts you know, it at 35 I, I, I years old. I to Four Horsemen like probably a day or two ago. Yep. You know? And still sounds as good. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Well, we'll go into each album bit by bit. Um, I want to sort of, you know, I'll add to Brendan, we have a, a similar path. I, I can't remember quite as well, but I know it would have been Black Album. And I'm almost certainly sure uh, that it would have come from your copy or a copy you had. Yeah. Um, I don't remember where it came, where my backwards came from there. I just, I do remember Injustice particularly being played a lot, like when I was listening to Metallica. I, you know, um, and I'm sure because my taste was always leaning towards lighter, I probably, if I was listening to Master, I was listening to things like Welcome Home Sanitarium mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And certainly, I definitely think Ride the Lightning would have appealed uh, for whom the bell tolls and the like. That, that definitely, yeah, Fade to Black and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, um, I think as well, I probably listened to Black Album when Reload and Load had already were out because they also feature quite heavily in my memory of like right. hearing, um, particularly songs from Reload because uh, I'm watching TV. Um, uh, the Memory Remains was on TV a lot and uh, all that. And then um, yeah. one of the biggest releases that you had that really cemented it was S&M. Yeah. Which was uh, obviously a live album and Symphony. symphony and but it had like a collection of great Metallica songs, all of the great ones basically yeah. done, including some odd ones and so on. But um, when people say, I wanted to ask, right? So like off the albums, but more to the band. So when like people, people obviously wanted to all dispute Metallica's bass players, bass players, bass players, who's yep. the greatest, who's the greatest, who's the greatest. Um, one of the things that always makes me laugh when you hear people saying like, particularly Metallica's later sound and certain things, um, oh, Cliff Burton wouldn't have liked this and Cliff Burton and that. And then you have like the actual band saying, but Cliff was more into the soft stuff. Yeah. Like, I've got, yeah, I've, I've heard like James and Lars in particular. And I, I think I've heard uh, Kirk say it as well, actually say that um, Cliff was quite keen on switching the sound up. Yeah. Doing different things. I've heard this, yeah. As a fan, I, I never saw Cliff, never met Cliff, don't know anything about Cliff. I know that he was a talented bassist. Yep. You know, it doesn't take much of listening to Kill 'Em All to know um, that he's, uh, you know, you've got to listen to uh, Pulling Teeth. Of course. And you're like, yeah, this guy's got some skills. Um, I've seen, I had obviously the VHSs, like Cliff and All and stuff like that. Yep, cunning stuff. So I've seen that stuff. But no one actually knows whether he would like something or not. Yeah. A lot of presumptions, isn't there? There's a lot of presumptions. And people, but people are like, they freeze in time, don't they? That's the problem. People are saying that today, Cliff from 1983 wouldn't have liked this sound. But Cliff wouldn't be 20 years old now. No. Cliff would be the same age as the rest of the guys. Yeah. He would probably find his tastes have also changed over years. Um, it's a stupid it's a stupid comment from stupid people, uh, to be totally honest with you, assuming something that they have absolutely no way of doing. It's just the way that they try, they're trying to find a justification for the fact that they don't like something. Yeah. By yeah. saying Cliff wouldn't like it. It's not what they mean at all. It just means they don't like it. So who's the... That's, I brought it up because I want to ask who... Because that's the that's the role that's changed the most in our lifetime. Yeah. Who to you is the coincidental bass player for Metallica? Jason. Jason, yeah? Yeah. Um, it's kind of a strange one. And I you know, never want to speak ill, Ill of any, any of them because I think they're all talented. Mm. Cliff is a legend in the Metallica world for good reason. However, he wasn't on a lot of Metallica albums. Yeah. For me to judge him as, you know, like from it from a music perspective. Yeah. It's his story and the impact he had and the way that James and Lars and everyone talks about him still today. That's why he's a legend. Yeah. Um, and as much as I like the guy, I always, for some reason, look at Rob as like this kind of 
extra hired gun, isn't it? You know, it's like Metallica and Rob. Right. Uh, it's not his fault, and I'm sure that the band don't portray that. I, I, I never get that from Metallica. No, no. That they, you know, it's always the four of them together yeah. or whatever. But yeah, I guess it is because you know I started at Black Album and went backwards, so I, I came in with Jason. Yeah. Um, everything I heard coming out was Jason. Yeah, you know, so it was Metallica for me was James, James uh, Lars, Kirk, and Jason. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, what you said about like sort of the Rob thing, it's like, yeah, I think he's a great fit nowadays and stuff like that. And it is, it do seem like a unit and stuff like that. But for me, it's always been Jason because when I hear certain songs, it's always Jason's vocals. Even mm. now, I still hear uh, Creeping Death. Yeah. Um, what's called um, shape, shape, that thing, you know, from yeah. um, Of Wolf and Man and yeah. things like that. Um, so that's why he's always been mine. I'm, I'm, I am, you know, a, 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 not even a secret, but I'm a huge Jason Newsted fan. I was really disappointed when uh, he effectively disappeared after doing that one album yeah. uh, by his own band, Newsted, which I thought was a great album. And fuck knows what, where he is now. I don't know what he's doing. Um, no, I don't know. Um, but yeah, you know, it's 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 the revolving door. Unfortunately, that I mean, I do think that's pretty much settled now. I can't see that role changing. No, um, I don't think it will change either. I don't particularly want it to change. It is what it is, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I think Rob Trujillo is a capable bassist. Seems like a decent bloke. Seems to enjoy himself on the stage. They all seem all right. They seem quite happy as a, as a band, and that's great. I'd always sum up like this. We talked about this before, and um, when we talked about Metallica VIP packs and all that, and uh, it was about like uh, you could meet one of the band, you didn't yeah. know which one, and you like you said like you'd be pretty disappointed if it was Rob. Yeah, that's what. It, yeah, because you know? Rob Rob is is new to Metallica. But if it was Jason Metallica. If it was Jason, I'd be less disappointed, but I'd still be disappointed because realistically, all I want to do is meet James. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so, yeah. You know I mean, that's, that's what I really want to do. <laughs> I don't think Kirk will talk much, and I think Lars... No. Will, I, I mean, I'd like difficult. to meet Lars as well, don't get me wrong, because I am shock, you know, more controversy. I'm a Lars fan. Mm. Um, you know, but... Uh, yeah, I'm not sure if... I'm, I'm not sure if... Uh, Lars, to me, is one of those people who I think, you know, where they say don't meet your heroes, I think he could be that person. Mm. You know what I mean? Where I meet him, and it's like... He's a bit of a dick. Oh, uh, Potentially, I'm gonna hit this little guy in the mouth. Yeah, like he's a little bit cocky, a little bit arrogant. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Well, like I don't that. think James would be cool as fuck. I, I think, I think nowadays, I think you know, it would have been a time where I'd have dreaded meeting James Hetfield. Yeah. Like you know, um, we know what era that yeah. is, but um, yeah, the one like I agree with that. But also, I'd find Kirk Hammett re- I, way his demeanour is and stuff like that. I think that'd be really. I think it'd be I mean, like quite pulling awkward. teeth. Yeah, he's quite you know? shy, and uh, he comes across quite shy and um, you know, reserved. Yeah, and that's <clears> fine. Yeah. That's 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 his. That's him. No Dave, though. No Dave in this conversation. Mustaine? Nah. <laughs> well, nah, this, this is a strange one, isn't it? Because uh, when when I became a Metallica fan, I was a Metallica fan before I was a Megadeth fan. Yeah. And I am a Megadeth and Metallica fan now. However, for a large period of my life, especially when I was younger, like you're a little, maybe, maybe you buy into the bullshit a little bit more. Do you mm. know what I mean? Like I was, if you like Metallica, you're not allowed to like Megadeth. Yeah. So I didn't really listen to Megadeth. And if I did, if somebody told me like Megadeth, I'd tell them I'd like Metallica, like it was some sort of fucking war. Whereas now I can't be fucked with all that stuff. Of course. I'm well aware that Dave Mustaine is a talented man and he had a huge impact on the early albums. I know yep. that. Um, and that's fine. But he didn't write them on his own. No. People talk about it like Metallica. The three, the other three Metallica members were sat outside while Dave, <laughs> Dave sat in there with the drums, the vocals, <laughs> the guitar, then came out and went, here guys, this is how you're going to play it. Put them in position, moulded their arms. And they went, <laughs> There you go, Dave's show. 
That's not how it was. <laughs> I've seen fucking documentaries and stuff like that. It weren't like that. Of course. Do you know what I mean? Like That isn't to take anything away from Dave Mustaine as a musician or the impact he had on Metallica. We, we, but it wasn't Dave. It wasn't. You can't really do it. Like you can do Mega Dave. You can't really do Metallic Metallic Dave. Metallic Dave. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, there. Um, you know. Um, <clears throat> there are histories out there. You can go read it yourself if you really want to know what went on there. <laughs> Dave talks about his autobiography and stuff like that. I think it was the best thing that could have ever happened, considering what we got out of it. Yeah. We got two giants. You know, and yeah, okay, Megadeth have always been in Metallica's shadow yes, and stuff have. like that. And that is, unfortunately, a reality of it. But we still got one of the world's greatest metal bands. But I do also, and again, there's going to be a lot of stuff said in this that maybe not a lot of people will agree with. Of course. Being on the Metallica side of the fence for much of my early metal life, um, I had quite a lot of dislike for Dave Mustaine. Mm. Um, and that's only, it's only been really in recent years that that's kind of gone away a little bit. Because I always felt that whenever the band seemed settled and no nothing, no shit was going off, it was always him who had to come out with some fucking comment in an article somewhere yeah. saying something about Metallica again. You know, it wasn't Metallica coming out saying anything negative about um, Megadeth. Right, yep. Do you know what I mean? I was never reading a, 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 an article where James had sat down and talked about what a dick Dave was and yeah. how, many, how much drugs he did and how he nearly broke the band up. You know, they didn't say anything about it. No, I agree. That I saw. I'm not saying they didn't. I didn't see anything. But then it'd be nice and quiet, and I'd be like, oh, this is good. It seems like I'm allowed to like both again. And then Dave Mustaine would come out with some article about, well, if it wasn't for me, you know. And it was like, dude, shut the fuck up, man. It's like 20 years ago. Yeah. It, they're, they're it doesn't always... matter even if you tr- if it's right. You, it's done. Yeah. You know, you, they go and do like, I can't remember what they did. They did like an award ceremony together or something like that where they reunited, didn't they? And they played together on the stage and they like shook hands and everything like that. It's like five years ago now. And then, and that was it. Everything was all good. And then even more recently, Dave came out with something about the uh, big four shows. If they ever did them again, like he would expect to be at least co-headlining with. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And it's like, but why would you? No offense. Like it doesn't matter how good Megadeth are. You must know in terms of an economy, you're a smaller band than Metallica. It doesn't matter if you're, it doesn't matter if you're musically better, better at your guitar, better hair. It doesn't matter. You know, more metal, it doesn't matter. Realistically, they draw the crowd, you draw the, the next crowd. Yeah. You know? So I don't understand why he would then come out with that antagonistic co- comment again. It's yeah. Like, so they make friends with you, and then you do that again. When I see all that shit, I think, fuck me, you must have been hard work to be in a band with. Because <laughs> if I was in Megadeth right now, I'd be like, Dave, do you want to actually concentrate on us for a bit? Maybe when you're in the media, talk about your own band. <laughs> do you know what I mean? You spend all your time talking about Metal, you're giving them more press than anybody else does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's always... um. It's always been a, it's always been an awkward for me as uh, I have been a Megadeth fan for longer than I, I even really remember because um, I always liked the uh, difference in styles and so on. But I always find it difficult as well um, because you know I just be like shit. This dude's bitter, and this dude's yeah. been bitter for a long, long time. Yeah. This bitterness ain't going away. And then we will talk about this more in length at the time. And then I watch some kind of monster. I know there are lots of reasons to not enjoy that, but there's a particular scene between Lars and Dave that made Dave look like a fucking loser. A fucking loser. And I hated it. And it was like, for fuck's sake, you know, man, what are you doing? You have one of the greatest metal bands in the world. It's well-respected and well-loved. Yeah, bitch, you're not going to be doing Twickenham. It's as simple as that. But you're still capable of headlining festivals and doing this and making loads of money and stuff like that. I always got Why is that not good enough? Because I always got the impression that he didn't create Megadeth originally as a labour of love. He created it to try and outdo Metallica. Mm. 
Uh, I don't know. Again, this is all what I just felt. I felt like, you know, he got kicked out of Metallica. He's very fucked off about it. So his whole dedication was Megadeth are going to be bigger than Metallica. So for every year that's gone by where he hasn't been able to achieve that goal, it has probably been tearing him up inside. Yeah. Trying to come to terms with like, you know, ah, you know, I want to overtake them so I can be like, you should never have got rid of me. Rather than it almost looks the other way where they're like, well, this is, you know, we were right to do it because look what we've gone on to. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's kind of, that's how I've always felt. You know, I always felt like um, everything that he did because of the comments that he came out with, constantly bringing it up. You know, Megadeth for Dave was a vehicle to try and overtake Metallica with and he didn't quite make it. He did more than enough to be a hugely successful, um, you know, icon of metal, to be honest. The household name yeah, for everybody. Yeah. You know, a lot, just, of people, a lot of people could take that, but it wasn't enough for him because Metallica were always up there. Yeah. And that must be, and I, and I feel for him in this because that must be painful to watch. If you genuinely dislike these people that much, but they're always up there, mm. always a headliner, always above you. On, do you know what I mean? It must be painful. Yeah. So I can see why there was bitterness and resentment from him. I can. I always felt like um, the bits that I know from the documentaries and everything like that, that I've never ever... Now, again, I don't know, this may have happened, but I've never seen Dave Mustaine take any blame for any of the shit that went on back then in the band. Um, you know, you've read all the stories and seen in the documentaries about that, apparently, while the band were trying to clean themselves up a bit and Dave was a mess, you know, oh, high, I, constantly high. And they spoke to him and said, like, you know, you've got to tone it, you've got to rate I, it. I, I, and... I have read it. I can actually, um, I'll interject because uh, I've read his autobiography and oh, it's right, a fascinating okay. read and it's one that I'll actually... Um, it's one of the one of one of my turning points when I was reading his autobiography. Um, it's very detailed and so on. And in that, he does admit um, kindly that he'd have kicked himself out of the band. Yeah. Which to me, anyone saying that always is a big deal. It's like okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can openly cool. say yeah. That's cool if you said have, that. Yeah, I'd have, I'd have, I'd have kicked me out of the band. Like I, I wasn't in a good place in this, whatever you know. Um, yeah. But, yeah. You know, I, I understood that, and I was like, okay, cool. Right, that that's something. You know, it's something. Yeah. Um, no, that is. That's cool. That's cool if you said that. I've never read his autobiography. So you want to borrow it? I've got it over there. It's a great book. Yeah. Shall, shall we just, uh, for the rest of this podcast, it's going to be an audio book. <laughs> yeah, just you sitting there reading Dave's <laughs> yeah. book. Um, do the voices and everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how many, right, off the top of your head, I doubt you can remember the exact number. How many times have you seen Metallica live? Oh, I think, I think seven, maybe Not, six. Right. It's not a huge amount compared to the fact that they've been my... It's a weird one for us, isn't it? I've yeah, we've talked this about this. If anyone asked me 10 years ago who my favourite band were, maybe not more than 10 years ago, but a lot a while ago, yeah, um, I would have always just said Metallica. It was like my answer to just that question. Yep. And then as time went by, I started wondering if it was even true anymore. But I've got so much time and love and respect for Metallica that I feel dirty when I say that they're not my mm, favourite yeah. band. So now it's like it's twofold question, is it? Where it's, which is, um, they're not my favorite current band, mm. but they're my favorite band of all time. Yeah, yeah, basically, <laughs> which kind of works it out. So I, yeah. I, I don't feel dirty. I feel like I've been loyal. Yeah. Um, weirdly enough, like so, Machine Head are obviously someone that's another band that I'm very, very attached to, <laughs> and uh, I've seen them like twenty six times, twenty five times, something like that. Um, and then to, from Metallica, who've been around so much longer, you know, but to have only seen them like five, six seven times but you don't see that as you it's because you came to metallica when they were already big yeah too big yeah i did uh but also there were, like i mean there was a huge amount of time in my youth when they were only really doing like festival shows I yeah think. 
You weren't seeing Metallica doing. There weren't there weren't stadium tours so much back when I was younger. God no, no. I mean, there wasn't. They didn't really have it. And they were too it. big to be playing the venues in London. I mean, after venues, after the venues that we go to in terms of stadium tours or arenas now, didn't fucking exist. Exist. Yeah, you're right. Like, yeah. Things like the O2 and all that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. They didn't. You know, yeah. and I didn't when I was when I was younger. I didn't go to festivals. I was a kid. My friends weren't into metal. I think I mentioned this before. You know, we went and sat in the park and tried to. Buy beer out of the office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that, yeah. That, Drinking that was, that was my bottles of cider yeah. and shit like that. You know, so I, you know, I, I went to a few London shows, but you know, Metallica weren't doing like you said, London Story or anything. Like that. No. So, you know, there was never an opportunity to see them. And then when I got old enough, the first time I saw them, which was at their own festival, Big, Big Day, Day Out. Out. Yeah. And that was like when I was old enough, and I had another friend who was into it now, and we were like, "Let's go and do this." Yeah. And that was the first time I saw them, and it blew me away. And then there was a big gap again, and that's kind of how it happened. Yeah, you know, and there was then I see him, and then there was a gap, and I see him, and there was a gap, and then we had that one time where I saw him like twice in a month. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And now we were in the future, and there were arenas and stuff, and the O2 had been built. It was even closer than that because it was uh, basically three times in eight months. Yeah, because it was one we did as a fan club that was like yeah. a stripped down show, and then we saw them twice at the O2, once at the beginning of the month, yeah. and once at the set end of the month, back yeah. when we would, yeah, we could afford that shit. And yeah, and I. Uh, I'll be honest, I've never not enjoyed a Metallica show. Mm. However, as time has gone on, uh, it's a bit of a strange one now, actually, because if you'd asked me this like maybe a year and a half ago, I'd have said, well, it's a bit of a strange one because I'm only going to hear songs I've already heard a million times. I still want to see it. I'm still going to enjoy them. Yeah. I mean, even, you know, even the ones that in theory I don't I don't enjoy in records so much anymore, like Enter Sandman, yep. I still enjoy live and I've had a few beers. Yep. You know, and you're with the right crowd and we're all enjoying yeah. ourselves and everything like that. Absolutely fantastic. But then the price suddenly becomes like, can I pay 90 quid to go and see Enter Sandman again? Mm. I'm not sure I want to. It's a bit different now, though, because uh, I haven't seen anything from the new album Yeah, yet. nothing from Hardwired, yeah. You know? So there is a bit of me that's like, well, I'd quite like to see... Like, Atlas what, Rise yeah, and stuff know, like that. Yeah. Flame and stuff like that yeah. at some point. So that's the thing that's changed with Metallica because they are still relevant because they have released a very, very decent record yep. in recent time. And I haven't seen them play anything from that live. That's why when we were talking about the up-and-coming uh, UK dates. That's right, yeah. There's a little bit more of a driver. It's like, I kind of want to go more now than maybe I would have two years ago. Yeah. Because I, there's songs now that I haven't seen. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. I agree, yeah, because it's not just a nostalgia act. No. It is an album tour. Yeah. So there is that, Yeah. You see, my first time was um, Sick of the Studio 07 at Wembley Stadium with you. That was yeah. the first time I saw Metallica, big old fucking stadium, you know. Um, and um, yeah, basically every every Metallica that I've been to, except one, which was a festival. I don't think you, well, you weren't there for the big four at Sonic's nah, Bay, were no, you? No, I wasn't there, Right, but you were there for the Choose Your Own set list, yes. which is the last time yeah. we, we, we both seen Metallica was yeah. that, which was a... Uh, what two that was about three four years ago now yeah that was the last time we saw and that was annoying as fuck because we we knew this would be the case but we both were like oh man if people we could act like this could be brilliant and obviously that's how you know there weren't enough people who were who, who nah. were who were picking the, um, the devil's red, dance red, and shit like, like that, that you know yeah. um everyone's it, picking into sam man and yeah else matters and and it's like i love all them songs and all that but come on this is an opportunity here for yeah you. to see the most rare I mean, shit you know it's not yeah. fucking choosing the stuff from garaging what always happens when you leave it in the hands of humans yeah they fuck it up so just let gbh be able to decide your set list yeah yeah that'd be that'd easy be yeah what we sorted it would literally yeah. be the most random stuff yeah but um you are right in a sense that i have the same sort of issue where it is like i've seen so many certain metallica songs more times than i, I particularly care for but once you're there it's golden you know yeah, i'm it, sick yeah. of seeing seek and destroy live but i know once i'm there live yeah. it's banging you know 
it's yeah, that situation. It yeah. You know? Right, so let's get to some albums then. Let's get through the albums. We're going to start at the very beginning, even though that's not what we started. We'll start at the very, very beginning with the 10 tracker. The 10 tracker that is Kill em All, which, you know, again, in modern times, it's taking a bit of resurgence. So people are like, oh, yeah, Kill em All is great, great. And it's like, all the way through? No. It's not great all the way through, no. There are some songs in this that I don't really, really like. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the opener, Hit the Lights. Uh-huh. Uh, and I'm not a huge fan of the closer, Metal Militia. Right? Oh, yeah. Actually. Yeah. Um, everything else in that, but bar, bar one, the only other one I'm not overly keen on, but it's only because of the way he says one of the words in it, which is jump in the fire. And then the song, it always, yeah, yeah, that's what it's like, <laughs> it's like, it's really weird. But I mean, I actually like the song itself, but it's a come out and jump in the yeah, fire. Yeah, yeah, it's that <laughs> yeah. Uh, my favorite song on it is the Four Horsemen, which you mentioned. I think it's much. Shot. It's the uh, solo. Solo. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at that as well. I'm like, I'm thinking like, which like a foursome's fantastic. I mean, I don't want to be that guy and be like, oh, anesthesia pulling teeth's great. You know, yeah. that's my favorite because it's not. I think it's fantastic and it's a great thing. But um, yeah, it's it's. I mean, it, yeah, it's probably pretty much the same because like, Phantom Lord No Remorse, they're great tracks in themselves. Yeah. But like, it's not like it's ne- It's not one that I, I if I'm like, oh, I listen to Metallica. It's rare that I'll just go, oh, I'm going to listen to Kill Em All. Yeah. It'd be like, if it's shuffling, it'll be like that. Um, and then we move to Ride the Lightning, where, well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell right now, my issue, the song, I, there's a song on this I don't like. Not that I think it's okay, I just don't like it. I don't like Escape. I never have. I'll turn your That always just, it sounds so bland to my ears, particularly when it's surrounded by such great tracks. Like it's surrounded, the rest of it is golden. Um, this album has my favourite Metallica solo on it to date. Like, not my favourite, I wouldn't say my favourite song, but my favourite solo. And it's Ride the Lightning. Yeah. That f- shit is fucking killer. But yeah, other than that, I think it's fucking brilliant. Yep. You no, know? I agree with you. Uh, I don't mind Escape, actually. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I've got no problem with any of the songs in this. Um, yeah, no, I think I like every song in it. It's really, really one of those where it's like, even with a noble played song like For Whom the Bell Tolls, that's such a fucking that entire build up the yeah. you know oh god that that that's just amazing yeah I mean I'm thinking just trying to think of my favorite song on this album and I, it's tough I, isn't it and I'm, I am probably looking between number three and four for whom the bell tolls and fade to black mm. um when you the thing this happened to me the other day what was I watching oh I, I was actually watching a, a, a YouTube channel yeah the one I've talked to you about where, yeah. where, uh, called Lost in Vegas where they react to metal and they reacted to fade to black. Okay. Uh, and I thought I'd watch it. and But, and, you know, like, it, I guess at the moment, if you went to me, I'll put Phaser Black on, I'd be like, nah, you know. But then when I was watching it, you just get so back into it. The minute you hear it, you're like, oh, it's such a fucking great song. Yeah. You know? It's weird as well, because we talked about, like I said, this is only their second album. Yeah. What would people worry? Well, like, the, 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 the softness, the non It was there already. Yeah. So, I mean, it was already what planet kind of are you on? <clears throat> When then, like I said, everyone's go-to album has it as well. And we all know, obviously, Master of Puppets. Yeah. Um, if there was one from that that you'd say, isn't that great, what is it? Uh, the, the the least favourite, but I do like it, is cool. Damage Inc. Okay. Um, I, I, yeah, I mean, I actually, I like it quite a bit. That's the thing. But it's my least, out of all the eight, if I had to not listen to one of them ever again, it'd be Damage Inc. Oh. Um, I'm fine with all the rest of them. The thing that should not be is oh, hit on me. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. It's, it's different. I like it. It is different, yeah. yeah. But I mean, I like what's your favourite? What's my favourite song? That's, that's, a, that's, a, a, that's so stupid, isn't it? Yeah, already I was like, 
Well, it's a Ryan, isn't it? Yeah. And it's just like, I mean, obviously, I have a shitload of time for Master of Puppets and Battery as well. Um, and I really, really love Leopard Messiah. Mm. But Orion is the best song on that album. Yeah, 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 you're right. Fucking yeah, it's, just, it's phenomenal. It's man. almost absurd to look at it and go, what's, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's an obvious, obvious one, you know? Um, and now we do the last of the big four um, that people bang on about. Yeah. Unjustice. And so, um, again, you know, uh, there isn't anything on this album that's bad, I don't think. Right. I don't think there's a bad song in here. Uh, again, I guess if there was one that I wasn't right, there's one song. If I had to drop a song, I'd probably drop Dyer's Eve. If I had to, okay, yeah. Um, if I had to drop a single moment of a song, I'd Go drop on. the beginning of um, the Freight Ends of Sanity. Yeah, which is it, it's Freight Ends Sanity, isn't it? Which has got that oh we. Or, yep. Yeah, I drop that. Then I really get that. Yeah, I, that, I only know that from the Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz, and I find it quite strange in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, that's a song I'd say I'd probably drop the most, yeah, because I don't like that. And it's, as I said, I know The Wizard of Oz, so I just associate yeah. with The Wizard of Oz. I love the song, I hate the beginning. Mm. <laughs> you know, that's the truth of it. We're talking the opposite side of things. Harvester of Sorrow has, like, one of my all-time favourite Metallica's beginnings. Yeah. And a lot of it's the hit, the quiet vocals of James going, yeah, in the background. I love that shit. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, that's, like... I'd sure say Straw's got probably one of their catchiest choruses. Yeah. You know? Really, yeah, catchy. It's different, yeah. But um, I always think of this album as well because this is the one where I probably my earliest memory of seeing a Metallica video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One's video, you know. Yeah. Which like people say, oh, you used to scare me and upset me. It's like it's just yeah. kept from a fucking movie. Yeah. Calm down. Yeah. You know, a movie made from a book, but it's still it's a great song. It is. It is. It's one that st- was, will stand the was, test of time. What was your favorite song on that? Um, I'm probably leaning towards Unjustice, the actual Unjustice for All yeah. track. It's such a fucking, it's such a fucking tune. Yeah, no, it's I'm incredible. Saying, that would have been the one I would go for as well. Yeah, and that brings us to the album that, as we said at the start, where we came in, and um, the longest Metallic album today. But then it's got a shorter song. Well, some of the shorter songs on it. Yeah, it was every sort of album. It was going up. They were all eight, 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 and then he hit nine for Unjustice, and then he hit Black Album. And it's twelve. Now there's a fair few in this. I will admit, I could happily drop. Yeah, there's, um, there's a few that I um. Well, there's a, no, there's probably two that I tend to skip. Go on. Uh, it's maybe three. There's one that I only really got into when I was a much older, and it's pretty close to my favourite song on this album now. But the ones that I skip, um, I don't have an awful lot of time for Holier Than Thou. Oh, uh, yeah. It gets a bit boring. Yeah. Uh, the same for Through the Never. I like the chorus a lot in Through the Never, but I don't like the verses very much. Okay. Um, and The Struggle Within. Yeah. Love the drum in intro, don't like the rest of the song. That would be that would be definitely. I mean, pretty much the same. I it's hard because I look at this and I think I skip a lot now if I yeah. listen to it because I've heard them too much. Like I'll be skipping in the Sam and Sabbath true, Unforgiven. Yeah. Um. But what's right? So like, I'll be interested to know here. What's your favorite track of this album? The Unforgiven. It is it the Unforgiven. Yeah. Do you know like the Unforgiven has been my favorite Metallica song now since I've liked Metallica. Um. There's something about that song. It, right. I'm not, this isn't me trying to say it's best. And actually, if I, there are songs of Metallica that I prefer to The Unforgiven, but it's had like an important part okay. for me for a long time. It was my converter, yep. the song that I played to people to make them like metal. Um, and it's, it's my biggest success rate. <laughs> you know, like so many people that have played The Unforgiven to have then gone on to like Metallica. Yep. I loved the funky video that they did. Oh, it. yeah. Was... The long one, the 30-odd minute long one. Oh, okay, yeah. one, the story that was in it. Um, I also liked the kind of reverse on what a lot of bands the songs that they've done before like um and justice for all one 
and Fade to Black are all melodic, slow verse. Yeah. And then it builds up to a heavy chorus. And that was kind of the dumb thing. Yeah, it was. A, whereas the Unforgiven reversed that. And I thought that was really clever. Yeah. It was uh, coming with a nice, loud, heavy verse and then go to soft. It was like, actually, you don't really realize, but a lot of people, it is the other way around. It is, you know, go gentle, 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 explode for the That's chorus. That's right, yeah. And actually, the Unforgiven was really clever in that. It reverses that completely. And now it's more common to do it the other way around, but yeah. it wasn't common back then. No, you're right. You're right. You know, so there were things about the Unforgiven that just stood out to me, and I was like, it's really clever. Because mm. rather than coming in, you know, it starts off soft, then it goes really heavy, and now you're into a heavy soft, and then the softness comes in out of nowhere with that what I felt line. Yep. And it's like, shit, damn, that's good. <laughs> but the solo in the Unforgiven, I think, is fucking amazing. It is, yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of love for that song. Loads of love for it. Guess mine. Can you reckon you guess mine from that list? Uh, I'm going to go for. Sad but true. No. 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 Fucking Kid Rock partially oh, yeah, ruined yeah, that song yeah, for me. True. That um, cunt. <laughs> the God That Failed. Nope. Oh, no. I'm going forever here. Wherever I may roam. Yes. There we go. Back. Yeah. It's James' vocals in that one. It's the absolute yeah. killer. And it's, just, it's the second chorus, particularly where he kind of puts a snarl on it. That just caught my ear yeah. so much. And uh, yeah, absolutely. And if, other than that, I, I absolutely love. Don't, don't, don't tread on me. I absolutely <laughs> love that. Fucking the, the one other one on that, right, which I was saying, which is the one that's a bit of an oddity that no one really talks about, and I didn't like at all Go until on. I got a bit older, which is uh, My Friend of Misery. Oh, yeah, 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 again, um, the yeah. The solo at the end of that is actually the best solo on that album by a long shot. Mm. Um, I know, like, all the Metallica haters will say, but it's Kirk and his warp pedal. <laughs> uh, and uh, it's also the only, I think it's the only song on that album that has a Jason Newstead credit on it. Uh, I'm pretty sure that I just noticed that actually while, while you were on it. Okay. But um, that wasn't the reason why I liked it. I've just, uh, yeah. Noticeable. It's something that I, I, I never really liked it until I got older and then I listened to it and I, was, I just I became obsessed with the solo in it. You're right. The only one with a Jason Newstead credit. Yeah, so there you go. Oh, he did something in the album. Right, now things start getting really interesting. Because... This was interesting for me at the time because obviously I was already in. So by the time this was announced, I was now into Metallica. Had listened to the Black Album, had yeah. stolen it. Had listened to all the back catalogue, and there was no new Metallica. And then I remember, I do remember it being announced. Uh, I remember there not being any idea of what the cover was, and then the cover getting announced, and there had been a lot of, including with me, like, the fuck? Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't even know what it is. And For those who don't with... know, tell that story, what that cover is, the load cover. Well, I don't know what it actually is, but I know there was a rumour around that somebody put it in front of... James, I think it might have been, and he was like, that's bullshit, and he wanked on it. Well, but I don't think that's the true story. What I do know is to be the true story is it's blood and semen between two panes of glass right. squashed down. Whose it is and why they did it that yeah. way, I don't fucking know. But yeah. basically, that's the... I remember the, this like, the... rumour. It was like the marketing company came back with it, and James thought it was so rubbish, he wanked over it and threw it back at them. And I was like... What, why are they sat in the meeting? That's weird. <laughs> you that. Yeah, that, uh, but then that, you saw some kind of monster video and you think, like, well, maybe. Maybe, yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Is it uh, on the drink? So, this 14 album, tracks, man. 14. Yeah, this, this was like you know, when they started getting long. This is the sort of thing that would be a double album. Um, 80 minutes. Yeah, so, just under 80 minutes. You know, I just literally, uh, like I was talking, we were talking about Pig Destroyer on, on a previous podcast, it was 12 tracks and 31 minutes. Mm. So, 14 tracks and 80 minutes is quite a jump. Yeah. It's a lot of hate for this album. It is so different to other Metallica, although you can see how it's changing over time. Yeah. That I can see why a lot of people were pissed off when this album came out. 
Uh, I actually really like a lot of this album, but there is also some absolute shit on this. Um, I, the, I remember the lead single for this album was the first song I heard of it was Until It Sleeps. Yep. And I like that song quite a, a bit. Yep. Uh, I liked it better before the video came out because I hate the video. For yeah, that. fucking video some shit. Stupid. Yeah, that's that's wanky. It's wanky as fuck, basically. Yeah. Um, I think the problem I had with this album wasn't even anything to do with the music. The problem was the new image of Metallica. Mm. That's the bit that made it hard. The hairs were cut, cowboy hats on, glasses of red wine and cigars. Doing front covers and like Karan yeah. with makeup on and Sitting shit in like that. the back of that car for the, I think it was Mama Said video. Mama Said, yeah. 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 With the rolling screen behind it, which is so clearly a rolling screen, mm. you know. And it became that image. It wasn't even about the music. Because musically, I still liked it very, very much. But it was just like, you went from, even on the black album, you still got your long hair, you got your tash, you're wearing black clothes with your black sweatbands and all of a sudden you went to like, uh, you know, dungarees. Yeah. And I was just, I couldn't understand where that image came from, you know? So it wasn't like the band had changed their sound. It was like they had changed completely. Yeah. And that's why the, my problem with it was. But I did like a lot of the music on it. I agree. Um, I remember hearing when I first heard Ain't My Bitch, yeah. And that groove, that beat, that pace, and that down, 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 yeah. down, down, down. And you get that wicked. across the whole album. I mean, there isn't a single song on that album that when it kicks in doesn't kind of have something going for it. Mm. It's just there is, there are songs that, you know, uh, I'm, I'm happy to do without. Like, you know, there, the, uh, well, the, let's the, the house that built. half. Do you know what? I, uh, one or two, yeah, but actually probably the best song on the album is in the latter half as well. What, the Outlaw Torn? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'll go with that, yeah. I would have said that was the best song. I think it's the more, um, leads towards more traditional. It's not my favourite song on the album. No. What's I mean, yours? My, um, no, it probably is my favourite song on the okay. album. Okay. I think. King Nothing. No, it's not, sorry. It's not. It's um, Torn Within is my favourite okay, song Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. That's certainly one of the better ones. And my least favourite song on the album, other than Mama Said, mm. that's a given. Yeah. It's probably... Uh, or twisted me. Oh, okay, yeah. I always hated it. I really? hated the little thing they did with his vocals in it to try and make him sound. It just it just annoyed me. It's the first time when you really look at it and go, okay, there's a lot more I could snip off this, and yeah. still, and it'd be a better album for it. You know, I think you could cut four and drop that into a ten track album. Yeah, and it'd still be solid. Then you'd have a solid album. But you, everyone would still have a problem with it, including me, because of the image. That's the thing. Mm. If you'd have dropped drop four of that, cut it down to a ten track album, and then it was the same band from the Black Album days, people probably wouldn't have had an issue at all. I think a lot of the stuff that happened with Metallica wasn't just about the music change and it was about the way it was an attitude change. change. You know? Yeah. Yeah, because um, that also tied into uh, Reload that was 13 tracks long and 76 minutes long. Yeah. So they really were on a bit of a fucking tear. But it's these. a good album. It is, is a good album. Very, very it good gets album. lumped in with Load and because obviously Load and Reload yeah. but Reload is far superior. And it's got some I got bangers. Very excited about this album when it was announced because at the same time as announcing it, they announced the fact that they were working on a song called "The Unforgiven 2. Ah, oh, yes, of course. And Which I um, was like, well, I was in that. You know, like if you have something you really, really like, and then someone says they're going to do something about to it, yeah. you're kind of like, please what are you going to do? Yeah, <laughs> please don't ruin its legacy. But I actually really like the song because they do something at the end of it where they bring in the melody from the first song just for a little snippet. You can even miss it. It just comes in with that down, 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 yep. just right as the song's ending. It's probably, yeah, it's probably a, actually a one I recognise more, the Unforgiven 2, than the Unforgiven 1, really. Yeah. 
But I mean, um, this this album had fuel on it. It had the memory remains. These are Metallica staples now. Yes, absolutely. You know? Yeah. Um, the bad ones are coming from Low Man's lyric and uh, where the wild things are. Low Man's lyric. Holy fuck! What was that about? It's not something you really remember anymore, is it? I remember See, liking it at first. Yeah. I was like, this is kind of nice. But you know, as, as time goes by, you only listen to it once or twice before you're like, yeah, all right, enough of this shit. No, that's seven and a half minutes long. Yeah. Fucking hell. Um, the same with like, you know, the back end of the album, again, has the best song on the album, in my opinion. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Best song. And also probably the best written lyrics by Metallica in a good three albums. You might, you're talking about Attitude, yeah? No, I'm talking about Fixer. Really? Longest huh. song in the album. Um, brilliant fucking lyrics. I'm surprised. I would never put that up there. Uh, like, go back and listen to it now. Now that you're, uh, you know, it's been more, a while. More, yeah, you, like you, you'll understand it better. The lyrics are clever. The music's clever. Composition's clever. It's a really good out. It's a, one of their from their black album onwards. This fixer is one of their best songs in that mm. after era. Um, and there are other songs I like in this too, even ones that are maybe not obvious ones. Like I quite like Carpe Diem, baby. Yeah, no, that's a it's great catchy, song. It? It's yeah, got loads of groove. It's, it's a really catchy track. Yeah. Um, I really don't like Better Than You. Okay. That's one of the laziest choruses I've ever it seen. It really is, isn't it? Better than you. <laughs> yeah. Say it again. I think he says it four times and then I say it's done. Much better than yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, it's a much. God, look, much yeah, it's a much yeah. fucking hell. But you know, it, uh, overall was an album, like you said with the previous one, if you cut four off that, mm. that's a cracking album. Yes, but right. then we yeah. have to get to it. And shit gets real. It does indeed. This is where Bob Rock played bass, I remember now. So we are talking about the one that everyone, anyone, I mean, even Metallica fans struggle to defend. Um, yeah, it's terrible. There are there are a couple of saving graces on it, but not to save it as an album. They're just a couple of songs that are good. Yeah, that's about um, it. It's uh, St. Anger, obviously the most difficult and most reviled Metallica album. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you're listening to this and you know Metallica, you probably have your own opinions. I, I find it hard to believe that no, even the most ardent Metallica fan would be able to turn around and go, no, 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 it's great, and this is great, and so on. You nah. know, that, that's just... Nah, the, the best that we can do, us ardent ones, is we say, all right, you needed to do this to get it out of your system. That's yeah. cool. Let's move on quick. Yeah. Yeah, and you end up pulling, like I said, not even less necessarily great songs, but great moments. Like On the other side, though, with this album, we can blame one person completely for it, can't we? Bob Rock. Oh yeah, he's not. He, 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 yeah, I mean, not only is he the bassist in it, he also does all the production, engineering, and mixing. So yeah. if he come out of this as a legendary fucking producer and thought this is the sound I was aiming for, what the fuck is wrong with him? <laughs> you weren't that good, were you? Was he, was he broken or something? <laughs> he's also Bob, Bob Rock. I'm pretty sure who did the Black Album. He's been a big Metallica name, you know? isn't he? Yeah. So if you look at the Black Album, forget about the songs and all that, the polish on it and everything like that. That was Bob Rock's signature. How the fuck did he go to this in, in that space of time? He had like a breakdown or something. Did he fall out with someone? Maybe David Mustaine had got to him, giving him like 50 <laughs> quid. Don't go fuck that up for me. I could do with a leg up here. I think um, it's no secret to anyone, this is Coke came at the worst time for Metallica. This is also yeah. some kind of monster. Yeah. Um, the, the video and um, it was just a bad, bad time and resulted in bad, bad music, you know? Yeah. And also the, the song with the worst chorus oh written, don't i fucking you know in the history of man and we've seen it live and it yeah. didn't sound any better the song is frantic tick tick tock oh yeah. fucking terrible hell. terrible but the good songs on this album which to me are probably only two which is the song saint anger itself which i do actually like yeah 
and the unnamed feeling which yeah. is a great song they the somehow accidentally landed in here in the middle of a load of shit but it's a tr- cracking song I really love I really love Sanger's chorus there. See, yeah. and he pushes it, and it's I, I like that. And your name Finn has got great, Gerald, yeah. great. Yeah, I agree. They're the two. Um, if I was to pull one that I think maybe, fuck, Sweet Amber's nice. No, because it. How sweet are you? <laughs> it's nice. <laughs> How sweet are you? <laughs> it's hard. Yeah, it's just such a. Every time you're saying that, I'm gonna do a little moment like that. <laughs> oh. Things got better. Things yeah, got they, better. They did. Although, in hindsight, looking back at this album, I loved this album a lot more than it deserved to be loved. Yeah. But I think that was because it came off the back of St. Anger. Agreed. Um, it is a good album. Don't get me wrong. But at the time it came out, I thought it was like the best Metallica album since Injustice for All and the best album ever. And I this... think we were just so grateful. Yeah. So it's a good album. It's not without its faults. How long has it been since you listened to any of the tracks from this? Because it's uh, been years for me. About six hours. Really? Uh, yeah, on the way home from work, I was listening to The Day That Never Comes, actually. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Best yeah. track on it. I actually forgotten The Unforgiven Free was on this. Yeah. That's actually not a bad song either, but it's nowhere near as good as the other Best track on it for me, Suicide and Redemption. Of course it is. Yeah, fantastic, uh, man. Up there is one of the best instrumentals they've yeah. done. I would argue it's not well, better than Orion. Not better than Orion, but I'd argue it's better than Call of Cthulhu. Yeah, it's, it's definitely up there. I mean, Orion's like you know, a plane of its own, isn't it? Mm. So. Right. Um, Excuse the instrumental. What other one? Because I've got one Broken that Beat I always go Scar to. Broken is a great song. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Cyanide. Judas Kiss, man. I love that song. That's one of my... That's one of, that's probably the album song I'd go to if I was listening to it. Beyond Suicide Redemption, it'd be that. Yeah. I mean, weirdly enough, this is probably the first two tracks that I care for the least, actually, mm. on this whole album. Because I'm, th- I'm, I'm humming that, that was just your life for now. I'm thinking that's just yeah, it's it's nothing yeah, it's, special. It's nothing special. It's nothing, it was it was a welcome relief, like we said after Saint Anger. But now in hindsight, when I look back at it, like you said, like you haven't listened to it for years. Yeah, it hasn't made as much of an impact as maybe it should have done. No, I agree on that as well. Yeah, I agree on that. Which brings us to modern day studio albums from Metallica and their latest one, Hardwired to Self Destruct. Yeah, that I think. <coughs> that I think um, most mostly positively received. I don't really think there was. I ever read anyone that said not nah, shit. Nah, just the usual people. There's always the usual people who don't. Nothing, nothing happened after mm. Master, or nothing happened after Injustice. Yeah, you know, it's always the same. Um, it's a, this is a good album. Yeah. Again, not with, completely without fault. Of course. Um, well, uh, an obvious one is the du- is a dumb title. I know it's a stupid thing to pick yeah. a hole in, but seriously, the man unkind because obviously it was something like oh people won't get it yeah. they then put UN in capitals yeah. it's like yeah alright guys you know yeah um, best song my favourite song in it is probably Atlas Rise actually yeah I'm looking at that and thinking I love the solo in Atlas Rise and I, I, I like the whole I love the whole song actually I think it's got a load of it's really catchy Spit Out of the Bones a banger though man. yeah Spit Out of the Bones is a banger as well um I like now that we're dead. Then yeah, there's a lot to like on this. To be honest with you, yeah. I'm not overly fussed about um, Murder One. Yep. Uh, and I'm, am I savage? I actually think I, I may have may have. I don't listen to Am I Savage very often, so I'm thinking I probably heard that and thought, yeah, not too much. Yeah, because I'm not really remembering it. <laughs> so I, I don't really think I've got really like Dream No More either. That's one that kind of think. Um, I come back to and yeah, yeah, that's kind of like the obvious one. So move on from the 
the uh, studio. studio, and we've got a few we're going to talk about in the other areas, because they're always kind of seen as well. We'll talk about a cover album. Yeah. Um, Garrett, what was, do you remember your introduction to Garage Inc.? Yeah, yeah. Was it the actual album or a particular song? Uh, no, I bought the album. Okay. So did you go in knowing it was a covers album? Or yeah, yeah, think... no, yeah, I knew it was a covers album, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was, I was into Metallica by then when I saw it. What um, we'll, we'll do it via disc. So disc one. What what was the songs? Well, what are the songs you like? Because it's it's well, it's back in the day. Range. Not many of them, to be honest with you. I I, I liked whiskey in the jar. To yep. my shame. Yep. Uh, and I like die die my darling. Oh, oh yeah. And, and turn the page. Oh, turn the page is a good one. Yeah. Uh, I really, really, really didn't like free speech for the dumb. Mm. I still don't. To yep. be honest with you. Um, and I also don't think they do that great a version of Sabra Kadabra in it. Ah. Yep. Uh, that's the truth of it. Um, when I was maybe a little bit more open-minded, I actually at a point quite like Tuesday's Gone. Oh, I think it's probably the best song on it. You know, it's quite catchy, it's yep. quite nice and all that sort of stuff. Um, other than that, I could, I'm not overly fussed with the rest of them. Oh, no, actually, I'll take that back. Uh, although it wouldn't have been until much later, probably long after a few other albums had come out, mm. I remember at one point really going back and getting into astronomy. Okay. Uh, mainly because the solo in it is out of this world. The Blue Oyster Cult cover. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. That, that I'm trying to. Yeah, don't really. That's definitely not been high in my thing. It's the obvious one to say. I always love Tuesday's Gone. I mean, Whiskey in a Jar. The only reason I don't like that is mainly because it's overplayed. Yeah. I don't like Thin Lizzy anyway. Uh, um, yeah, I don't like Thin Lizzy anyway. But I also. My issue with it was what a lot of people didn't like as well. And it's James's dumb lyric, um, yeah. the dumb pronunciation of certain words. And only once you hear Jaro, you can't stop hearing Jaro. Yeah. And it's just like, that just drives me nuts after a while, you know? Plus, you go to any fucking goddamn, um, what, what's it called, um, party in a certain era, it was played. It was always played. It's just one of those songs that I've just grown not to enjoy. Yeah. You know? Agreed. And then you get like a part two, which again, I guess I suppose it's it's actually less on this side that I'm interested in as well. I look at that and I think, yeah, but it's got a couple of the cracking ones on it, hasn't it? The thing is, the thing about the Misfits covers, a lot of Metallica do good versions of them. I like the Misfits versions. Right. So like for me, they've never been like, I've looked in the Metallica ones. I've never done. So like Last Crest Green Hell, again, I'm like, well, Misfits was better. Um, they do a great Am I Evil. That's that's yeah. a given. They do a great Am I Evil. And you know? Stone Cold Crazy. Stone Cold Crazy, yeah. Which I didn't, no, the Queen song when I heard the Metallica version mm. of it, which is strange because I'm oh, right. not a Queen. Yeah, that's true. I didn't true. know the Queen song until I, don't, I heard the Metallica version of it. I don't think I, I did either. I can't imagine yeah. I did. Uh, and obviously, so what? Yeah, obviously, so what? But I think as a kid, it was more like I love giggle at this oh. naughty track, you know? Um, but yeah, there's not much. Oh, yeah, I wasn't over enamored with most of that. It's a it's 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 a fun little addition if you're a Metallica fan. Look at it that way. You know, if you want to hear Metallica playing tracks you've never done. Now, I already know the answer to this. Yeah. Do you know have you ever listened to Lulu? No, and I never will. Really? Not no. even just out of temptation. It doesn't exist to me. It doesn't exist. Why would I wanna hurt what I already know I'm gonna hate it. I knew when they announced it I was gonna hate it. Mm. But having heard about it and heard everything and even the way the band tried to distance themselves from it to a certain degree. Um I don't want to hear it. It's just gonna. It's just gonna hurt my uh, image of them. Why do you think they did it? Because they're fans of the man and they wanted to do something with him. Really? I know they're fans of it. Uh, Lou Reed. Lou Reed. Yeah. Look at the sort of stuff that Lars and people like that are into, man. Of course they are. An opportunity to come up and collaborate with somebody. Uh, yeah. There's no financial. It's not like they need the money or anything, is it? So why else would they? It really is a puzzling you know, one. Most of the song was done by Lou Reed. 
all the lyrics are written by Lou Reed. Do you know what I mean? It was it was more Lou Reed with Metallica than Metallica with Lou Reed, from what I gathered on it. Lou Reed lead vocals. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm the same. I've not listened to it, but I look at right. So I again, I'm not a fan of Lou Reed, and I know the negativity around this. And you know, one day I might just tempt it, nah. but you know what's really off putting? long it's fucking 87 minutes one of those tracks is 19 minutes 30 yeah holy fucking shit what's that about yeah it's too much um i don't i just don't think it's needed it's best to avoid it man you um you reviewed then through the never the film didn't you? yes i did yeah and obviously that was like metallica's movie almost it's cool as fuck man i love it it's, it's, it's mental it doesn't like the story is about as incoherent as a story can be but in a cool way there's just cool shit happening all the time. It's like watching an 80s kind of movie. But he's... Um, literally, literally, a kid's like delivering something. That's right, yeah. Something. And the shit that happens on, it, on him as he's going through this delivery, and then as it's happening, because it, it, like he's a, a sound guy at, mm. at the um, stadium. Metallica are playing there. So it, it kind of... It's his film, this kid, while Metallica are playing, so it, it keeps going back. It doesn't just show the film. It doesn't just show Metallica. And it's not completely in the jack. Sometimes they're playing just as music while he's doing things. Yeah. And then it'll go back to the stage. I loved it. I thought it was really fucking clever. It was part of the Death Magnetic stuff, wasn't it? Because it was the Death Magnetic sort of stage show with the coffins, right? Yeah. And the lights. Uh, yeah, I think so. I can't remember. 2013 it would have been. I can't remember how the stage was, to be honest. But yeah, no, I thought it was fantastic. I wish I'd gone to see it in 3D. I know they did it in 3D. Oh, it? yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, or in the IMAX, anyway. I don't know if it was in 3D. So talking about Metallica videos and DVDs yeah. and stuff like that, you've had a fair few um, on yeah, the year. Yeah, yeah. Which have. one would you say you wore out the most? Because you've had stunts. them on. Yeah. That yeah, they used to blow my mind. The bit when um when it goes from electric to acoustic and uh, the uh, uh, the light bulbs blow and then that man on the ladder falls and he goes swinging across the crowd. Have you ever seen it? Mm. You know, so it's like a, it's done like oh no, everything's gone wrong, and all the crowd are screaming. Yeah. And this man goes swinging past upside down with his foot caught in a ladder, and all the band are on stage going, "Oh, what's happened?" You know, and all the light power goes off, and then all of a sudden they're there back on the stage with their acoustic guitars, and uh, they have like little light bulbs, and James walks around the stage pulling the string on it, and they light up like like that. Yeah, and I was just like, how much imagination is that you have to pull that off? Yeah, yeah, to That's really go for brilliant. it. And you know, oh, yeah. it's like we're going to be putting this out on yeah. video at the time. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought it was fantastic, brilliant. And that was back, at, yeah, that was probably around the first sort of times when they were using this whole snake pit idea, and they were central with crowd all around them and everything like that. That's know? right. That's a bit of a staple where a lot of people really, really wanted it back. You know, yeah. we waited ages to catch Metallica in the round as it's yeah. going in it, and we finally did. And it's like it's cool, it's cool, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, that was probably the, my favorite video of them. I did have a lot, like you said, and they weren't all live videos. You know, I had the video for one. There was a two of extended, one, wasn't it? Two yeah. of one, yes, yeah, so yeah. At the extended, yeah, so the two of one, which was one, track one was the actual video with the film playing in the mm. background. And the next one was them just jamming it in the studio. Okay. Uh, like like standing in the warehouse, basically, similar to how, what's the other song where they do that? There's another song where they do that as well, where it's just the four of them just jamming. Okay. Nope. I can't remember what it is. But anyway, yeah. We obviously had, you had S and M that was the I album S&M. and the video. S and M was yeah, and that's that's a brilliant one. Yeah. Do you? Uh, um, I had some kind of monster. I have still got some kind of monster on DVD. We're going to get to that in a minute. You had a box. I want you to describe this box. Um, this the, box set. Like, Do you remember it? Binge and Purge. That's it. Love shit. Binge and Yeah, purge. yeah. I've still got that. I've still got that. It's got a 
got loads of stuff in there. Yeah. Got VIP lanyards, booklets, free VHSs. Do you remember how much I cost? CDs. I, I bought it for 100 quid, 120 quid maybe. I remember I saved up for it. And I went up to Tower Records. Oh, God. That's a while back, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that is in, a while uh, back, yeah. In London. That was a great shop, by the way. Yeah. Proper metal in, as well in there. I went all the way up there specifically for it. I'd seen it in there a week before when I was at a gig. Um, and on the, way, way, on the way to the gig, me and a mate popped in there, I'd look around, and I saw it in there. And I was like, oh, fucking hell. So I went back. A week or two later, I had the money. So I went up there and I, I remember going all the way up there, not knowing if it'd still be there. Mm. You know, when I got there and it wasn't on the shelf and I asked the guy, I was like, you know, just explain to him what it was. And he's like, oh, I'll go and check. I think we might have one out of the back. And he had one. So I gave him my money and I had the box in a bag and I kind of held it like a baby all the way home. Like, do you know what I mean? I yeah, 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 it. Like, yeah. What if anyone else sees this Metallica box set and wants it? Yeah, yeah. Like, like anybody else wanted this. They were like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? They were probably listening to like S-Club 7 and shit at the time and I'm like protecting this Metallica box set. Like it's your life. Yeah. And that was it. I remember seeing a home it was treated with so much love and care, like gently opening it up and everything like that. Yeah. And I've never played the VHSs, never played the CDs. Um, the box, like anything, I guess, it's cardboard, isn't it? So time better days, but... Time does what it can. Yeah, it's it? got some great stuff in there, man. It's got loads of old photos and... You know, the booklet's got like all sort of signed stuff in there and pictures from like the 80s and like them as a band before they were all even in the band. You know, got a copy of all the lanyards, the original um, ones from like when they did the 700 odd, the never ending tour or whatever. It was okay, called. yeah. Yeah, so yeah, it's got a load of cool shit in it, man. Really, really liked it. It's got like, like I said, it's got about eight CDs in there, which I'll never play. But they were basically just all recordings from tours. the shows. Yeah, yeah. yeah it yeah. wasn't like they, they aren't full of like Metallica albums or no, anything no. Like, you know, just extra. It's just a collector's thing. It's yeah, absolutely. That. Yeah. I mean, I've got a lot of uh, Metallica collecting stuff. I've got all the um, uh, figures mm. with their instruments still. Yeah. Um, not in boxes and shit like that. No, I just tend to not. I just <laughs> rip them out. Might get them out. Yeah, you, yeah. You want them out? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've got picks. CDs, obviously I've got the CDs. Yeah, I've got loads of stuff there. A lot of the things that I had on VHS, I still have on VHS. I think I've got a couple anyway. And then I've also replaced them then with DVD versions of them. So yeah, I guess uh, I'm a, I'm not a massive metallic collector. I've got, I've probably got eight or nine vinyls, some of which I think are quite old and quite rare. Yeah. Um, which were original kind of black album singles. Okay. I only know that because uh, a lot of them have got the uh, snake logo up in a certain position. And uh, it's only because somebody put it up on, on Facebook the other day and I was like, oh, I've got that. And in the comments, someone was like, oh, sweet, that's the uh, original Vertigo press. Oh, wow. You know, which it's apparently like... isn't available anymore. And I've got like five or six singles all with that same press on it. Oh, wow. You know, so, but but again, it's not like these are just stuff for me. Do you know what I mean? These aren't like shit that I'm planning to ever like get rid of yeah yeah because yeah, as well like that's so un that's so unknown that if you tried to sell that yeah you probably so, wouldn't yeah. get money for it yeah mm-hmm. but be, as well because i know they're just for me i don't tend to like give them an awful lot of you know i don't wrap them in cellophane and put them into a a, a cupboard at room temperature and never yeah. look at it again because <laughs> i'm going to sell it one day i opened it up about 150 times the first day and it probably ripped it yeah spilled coffee on the fucking thing kissed it a little bit <laughs> put it back in there you know <laughs> Like, no one's buying that shit off me. No, that's true. So you said you still got the DVD of Some Kind of Monster. So that's yes, talk. I do, yeah. yeah. Why? Uh, because I like it. You like the DVD? I like... like the, the, the sh- I like... I found it, it's the most uncomfortable viewing I've ever had in my life. <laughs> yeah. 
but I really, really, uh, it's hard to say why I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it because I guess I needed to know why shit was changed with Metallica. The Being peak behind the curtain? Fan, yeah, no, no I, didn't, I didn't really want to see like all their kind of like dirty laundry, do you know mm. what I mean? But I was, I was a huge fan of Metallica. I listened to them all the time and I can hear that shit is changing and I don't really understand. I don't know why load happened and reload happened and I, I'm confused by it too. However, I still like it. Yeah. And this was my way of like, it kind of justified it to me. It was like, oh, okay. So you're having a breakdown. I get it now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it was important as well because um, around that time, there was talk, there was a lot of talk about the band was in turmoil. Yeah. There was a lot of talk about whether they were going to be a band for much longer and all that sort of stuff. And as a lifelong fan of them, that was a big thing for me. Uh, so this DVD, this film, represents a lot of stuff I wish I didn't I didn't, I didn't maybe need to know, but it also meant that it gave the band the closure to then go on and be a band. Yeah. So I completely appreciate it. There are shit in there that I wish I'd never seen. You know, I've seen James, who arguably would have been my hero out of the band, act like a tit. Yep. You know? Yep. I've seen Lars act like the same. However, I actually thought he comes off quite well in the film for, for some stretches of it. In regards to sort of how he feels and treats Metallica, I think he always came across well. I think the takeaway from that always is like, everyone cringes at that same fucking sequence of art gallery, buying and selling art. It's yeah. pretty fucking horrific. Yeah. Um, of, a, of just seeing someone disconnected from re, reality, but from his fan base. Yeah. That's all that is, you know? Obviously, I mentioned the Dave Mustaine thing. I always found really awkward watching when I think about it. I cringe a bit, but you know, I always remember. If you could, do you have? Do you? Is there a particular scene that you always remember from that? Because there's one that yeah. always stands out in me. What if it's the same? There's one, there, and it's the one, and it's the one I hate, I hate the most actually, which is um, James Hetfield trying to become a full time employee by refusing to work any hours after nine till four uh, or ten till four or something like that. Yeah, I come in, I finish at four. Tell yeah. me what you want me to do, and then I'll be out again. And they just stop. You and I just found out, yeah, and they just walk out halfway through. So yeah, and, yeah, and I, I always struggle with that because, and that's why I, I, for me, Lars came out of it much better, in my opinion. Because beforehand, if I hadn't seen that film, I would have absolutely thought all of uh, Metallica's problems were probably Lars, mm. probably that little bastard <laughs> yeah, <laughs> causing yeah. problems. And actually, uh, when I saw that, uh, it came out of me that Lars was at that at that point in time was much more dedicated to Metallica than James was. I agree, yeah. You know, I agree. So I, remember, I, I disagree completely, and I, I, I like with anybody who has a problem with the art gallery shit, because just the assumption that because he he people might paint or people might be rich from art means that they don't like metal. No, no, it's it, you're not you're, you're, not, in that you're not disconnected from your fan base because you don't know what the fan base is everywhere. Yeah, but you're putting in that film, and you want those fans to buy said film. And here I am, an art gallery selling. Art for like a million and stuff if, like but that. The, the reasons why they put that film out in their own words wasn't about, oh, we want you to buy the film, let's make some extra money out of it. It was very much about, this is what's been going on. It's so this fun. is real. I yeah. mean, it's better him doing that than Lars sitting in there in a pair of jeans with a hole in them, pretending he lives in a fucking hovel. No, of course, of course. Do you know what I mean? I, I appreciated the fact that he put across who he actually is. I remember, I always remember... Most people who don't like the fact, like genuinely, most bands and people that are like, Fucking Lars, look at him with all his money in art gallery. It's called jealousy. Yeah. It's not because he, how dare he like art? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah I understand what you're saying. I always remember when you mentioned about the whole nine to four, five thing that he was doing. I always remember the scene uh, where Lars obviously had enough of that shit and I think they were in a boardroom or something. Yeah. And he just screams fucking James's face. Yeah. Like James is sitting there totally unperturbed and he just screams, screams yeah. at him. 
that's uh, that's where, like I said, Lars comes across better for me. Where I'm like, oh yeah, look, there's the yeah. passion. He's just there's a lot of things in that film that, like, you know, I'm not, <clears throat> I'm not trying to make out like, you know, I wasn't sitting there with popcorn and a, jo- a, large, <laughs> a large coat going, oh, it's fucking exciting. Like I remember it being extremely uncomfortable. I watched it many, many times um, because it was, it was almost like a horror movie to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's like addicted to watching this. Yeah, horror, like people watching the horror behind the like, cushion. You're yeah. behind Metallica behind a cushion. But I remember, I do firmly remember going into that expecting to see Lars be a dick and James be the one trying to hold everything together and coming out of it thinking like, what the fuck, James? You yeah. obviously messed up, man. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it wasn't the only thing that I came out of that. You know, I, I, in that film, I saw how much of an influence and a pain in the neck Bob Rock was. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> constantly in the way. Almost a thorn in the side of the band, I felt, for large parts of that film. Um, I saw how meek Kirk was, and I'd never seen that before. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and how Jason was often not treated yeah, like exactly. he was yeah. in the film with the band. You know, so you saw it all out there. It was like all their dirty laundry out on the table. Lars has his problems. James, for me, I don't know. It's hard to say. James, for me, was the problem. And that's the weird thing. It's yeah. weird to say that James was the problem. Particularly because he's but the one you like. It's also such an important movie for me because it, it has an end. Uh, and... You know, it's not fixed. They're not like, oh, we're all best pals and all that again. But they start repairing again. They start yeah. getting it back together. So as a fan, I went into that already knowing the band were in shit place, seeing it, why? And then seeing it starting to get better. Yeah. So that's why for me, it's like, I, I have quite a lot of love for that film, actually. Okay. What came next was the fucking problem. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, that's <laughs> what like, came I, from that. Oh, we had to do that. Why? I thought you did it in the fucking film. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. You didn't say there was going to be a sequel. So... We'll end this now then, wrap it up with a question. Um, what do you see? Not what you want, because that's irrelevant. What do you see in the future of Metallica now? Do you see a new album? Do you see a new album? I, I think music? there'll be more albums, yeah. I, I've got a feeling that Metallica are going to do maybe what other people, like we talked about actually in the previous podcast, like your Judas Priest, your Aussies and everything like that. I think they'll be around for a while yet. Yeah. But I don't think Metallica will just suddenly stop writing music and just tour forever. Mm. Um, I do think that it'll be a while. Yep. I, I would be very surprised to see one in the next two or three years. Yeah, yeah. You know, they got this tour next year, so <clears> we know <throat> that's going to be their year. Yep. And the Metallica process is, they've been like, and again, they're very honest about this stuff, which I like about them. You know, they don't just say, oh, yeah, you know, we're never going to tour again. Huh? Not really. They're, yeah. They're quite clean and open about it. Um, I would imagine they'll take a year or so off. They'll probably do their usual stuff, whether they do an appearance here, appearance there, a couple of festivals, maybe. Yeah. Um, the national anthem at the Super Bowl, you know, all that sort of all stuff, that stuff that they yeah. get involved in. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised then to see something odd next first. Okay. A collaboration with somebody, or you know, like the Lulu kind of stuff. They seem to do that now. They seem to be doing. I I don't know if they're doing it purposely, but to me, I think they're bucket listing. Um, mm. I think they're doing like you know we're going to do our albums, but at the same time. We want to work with Lou Reed. At the same time, we want to do the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? I think that's what they're doing. I think they're bucking That's an interesting way. Yeah, things we haven't done. And, and that's why, like, why I never listened to Lulu, but I'm okay that they did it. Because if you wanted to do it, then why not? If you're going to yeah. get to this fucking age and you've got some things on your list you'd like to finish and, and do, why not? Just fucking do why it. Not? Yeah. I don't have to listen to it. Do you know what I mean? That's like, yeah, I guess that's what you've earned. But I do think, I think I'd be very surprised if we didn't get another Metallica album five, six years' time. I agree. I'd be surprised when we don't get at least one more. Yeah. I think we'll get a little, I think you'll probably see a couple more albums, but I think one will be a proper Metallica album, and I wouldn't be surprised if you saw maybe another 
uh, even a covers album at some point. Yeah. It's been a while since Metallica have pushed something out like that. That's you know, true. Covers album. Yeah, um, that's been a while, yeah. Yeah, maybe live. maybe even a, a, an S and M two or something like that. Mm. That'd be cool, you know. So yeah, I think what have we have we've had a couple albums now over the space of like a, quite a long period with a collaboration in the middle. And I yeah. think that's what it will be now. I think we'll probably have something different than a collaboration, and then who knows after that? Yeah, all depends on how long that album comes out, man. If it's another eight ten years away from now, yeah, they could be being wheeled out on, on wheelchairs. It's true. By, it's by true. Rob. One at a time. <laughs> yeah, he's the young one, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> or youngish. Yeah. But I hope they do. I hope they do. I hope they do because I, I think there's still a massive um, influence in the world of metal, even if it's just to stir up shit. Yeah. Genuinely. The one thing you're guaranteed with Metallica is... Uh, They'll get the conversation going. They get the conversation going. It's like they still... It, it's unbelievable, really. I mean, did you? it's only recently, wasn't it, that um, the Black Album... Where like reached a new number, like I can't remember what it was in on the Billboard charts. It was a new record. Oh, something like fifty-five, like five hundred, five hundred and something weeks uh, in, in, the, in top the top two hundred. Yeah, and then there were only two albums or three albums above it. One being like Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah, and you know what I mean. It was like it's unbelievable that like, it's still selling. Like at a time when no one's buying CDs, uh, that album is still shipping them out. Like, still going. Like, yeah, whoever the factory is that presses them, that must be all they do. Who the fuck doesn't own it? <clears throat> well, that's the thing. It's some it? variation. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. But it does show that no matter how much people hate on them, no matter, they are probably the largest influence in metal in my personal life. Yeah. Um, and also the band that led me to other bands. You yeah. know, they were the one that got me into it. So now that I like all these cool underground bands and I'm so cool and fucking elite, I never would have if it weren't for Metallica. Yeah. That's the simple fact of it. You know, I wouldn't have a tattoo or a beard. Wouldn't be recording this podcast. Or we might be. We might be doing something else like a Kanye West top 10. Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> I've considered Who it. Who knows? Who knows where we would have been? But for us, I mean, I know... Well, it's not just for us. I know it's the same for a lot of the people that I know who like metal. It started with Metallica. And they do put their foot wrong. Yep. Absolutely. I'm completely all right with admitting that. They fuck me off sometimes. They look proper stupid sometimes. Um... But I love them, <laughs> you know, like your granddad, isn't they? Yeah, that's what it is. Mouth shut. Yeah. Him, <laughs> <laughs> As um, you can hear, Brendan's losing his voice, so that seems like a good enough time to wrap this up. Of course, if you agree or disagree with anything we've said, you know what to do. Let us know.